If you're in a marriage in which you are together but alone, when and how should you try to address issues in the relationship? That's what we'll be looking at on this episode of Married by Design. The purpose of the Married by Design podcast is to encourage couples to enjoy all that God has for them in their marriage relationship. Welcome to Married by Design this week. We have been in a series entitled Together But Alone. We've looked at the struggle that some face in the marriage relationship in which there is a significant disconnect. It's a very sad situation and it can become very frustrating and very lonely. As we've gone through the series, we suggested that you should be the influencer rather than being influenced. We've examined the way that you should treat your spouse. We've suggested how to cope with issues like loneliness and discontentment. Now, as we close out the series, we want to look at the way in which you should address issues with your spouse. Addressing the issues is essential in a difficult marriage. We never suggested that you should never say anything to your spouse or never correct anything. But we felt like it was important to deal with some of the heart issues that people face as well as looking at God's Word on how to live in such a relationship. There's such a tendency to jump the gun and go on the attack mode, believing that forcefully addressing these issues with your spouse is all that needs to happen. If you tried that, you probably have learned that that alone doesn't work. You need to speak the truth, but it does matter how you say the truth and when you say the truth. I find it interesting when Jesus talks about us dealing with issues, he encourages us to look at our own sin first. You have to deal with your own heart before you can be ready to help someone else. We did a whole series on resolving conflict. In that series, we looked at the idea of looking at your own logs first. We would encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. Yeah, that's important. Um, in Matthew 7 5, Jesus said, You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. If you're going to address issues and in your wayward spouse, you have to look at yourself first. Get these things in check, get your heart in the right place, and then you'll be in a place where you can address the issues. In Galatians 6.1, Paul writes, If any man is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself, lest you too be tempted. Clearly, there is a place and time to try to restore your spouse. If you see something off or just plain wrong, you need to help them in their struggle. But notice that twice Paul cautions you to make sure you are in the right place. He describes the person as spiritual, that is, not carnal or in sin, walking with God and under the leading of the Holy Spirit. But even in the process, that person should be looking to themselves and guarding themselves, even in the midst of restoring the struggling person. How you can blunder into a discussion with the wrong heart or motives and do more damage. That's what Jesus says here. He doesn't say not to deal with the speck in your brother's eye, but only to deal with your own logs first. When you are right in your heart and your life, you're in a place where God can really use you and you'll be most effective. You don't want to be a hypocrite, as Jesus says, pointing out their flaws and their sins while at the same time having your own. That's why we looked at some of these issues in the series. 
And going back to that series on resolving conflict, you need to make sure that there's no root of bitterness and anger in your heart. You may want to listen to those episodes and go through the process of confession, seeking forgiveness, and repentance. If you're expecting your spouse to make the hard changes, you need to be willing to do the same thing yourself first and set the example. One of the significant things that you have to ask yourself is, what is your motivation for confronting these issues in your spouse? Is it your anger, your frustration and disappointment, or is it a desire to see your marriage become what God wants it to be? Is it for their good, because they're not where they should be? Is it for your own comfort and ease, or is it for God's glory? If you have a genuine concern for them and for God's glory, that will be evident as you talk to them. So, assuming that your heart's in the right place, how do you talk to them and how much? Well, let's look at a few verses. This is key because you can mishandle your spouse and cause further damage to the relationship. You have to remember that you are not God or the Holy Spirit. You have a part, but don't try to do something that you're not equipped to do. You can try to fix it yourself and end up frustrated rather than just understanding your role in helping them to be restored. You want to be prepared and ready to handle it just the right way. There's a great danger of mishandling it and missing an opportunity and adding fuel to the fire. Going back to Galatians 6.1, Paul used the word restore. That suggests the idea of a bone out of joint that needs to be set right. Their relationship with God is out of joint and needs to be set right. It is because their relationship with God is out of joint that their relationship with you and others is out of joint. God is putting you in a place of trying to set that bone back in place. Now, that putting the bone back in place should be done gently and carefully, tenderly. I remember when I dislocated my knee, I wanted it to be set gently, not somebody grabbing my leg and wrenching it back into place. If you're driven by anger, resentment, or selfishness, you will be harsh and rough. You need to be tender. Let God deal with their heart and bring the needed consequence, sometimes very painful consequence, into their life to set them back on the right course. Don't you do it. Another good verse is Ephesians 4.15, Speaking the Truth in Love. Paul is writing there about overcoming the lies of man, trickery and deceitful scheming. Ultimately, you need to speak the truth, the truth being God's word, not what you think or want to say. You have to pull back and really know from God's word what they need to hear and speak gently, lovingly, and consistently to combat the lies that they are believing that have led them to their choices and sins. The truth, coupled with the work of the illumination of the Holy Spirit, can lead them to a better, restored place. But don't pound it into them. That's not love or gentleness. Don't be a fire and brimstone preacher condemning them and trying to convict them. Constantly pushing them and trying to single-handedly get them to change. It won't work. Let God do that. When you look at the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, they were spiritually off and needed to be restored. God communicated His truth through the prophets and brought circumstances in their life to try to restore them. Those circumstances included loss, captivity, and death. The prophets had the responsibility to proclaim the truth, but there was a whole lot more happening that was beyond what the prophets were doing. 
They just had to be faithful to proclaim the truth. So you need to speak the truth in love with gentleness. But then the question is, how often? Should you be constantly barraging them? Hounding them and have every conversation only about their sin? Well, we would suggest not. As you read the message of the prophets to Israel in the Old Testament, remember that the period of the prophets spanned hundreds of years. They didn't constantly harp, and neither should you. If you do that, you'll probably drive them away. Jesus didn't hound everyone when he preached in the Gospels. He presented the truth and trusted that the Holy Spirit would do his work in their hearts. This is where the Holy Spirit has to guide you, if you will let him. He will direct you when to speak and when to wait and pray. James wrote, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives bountifully. You need his wisdom to know how to apply the word in your relationship with your spouse. What, when, and how to say what you need to say. Trust him and he will guide you. It's amazing to hear that still, soft voice of the Spirit at times saying, Now speak this truth now and at other times holding you back from speaking. He knows the perfect time and will direct you if you let him. Something else you need to realize is that you don't have to do this alone, humanly speaking. It should not rest on your shoulders alone to speak the truth and address these issues. Your spouse has relatives and friends around them. Hopefully some of those people are spiritual in following the Lord. You need to enlist their help to try to restore your spouse. Jesus talked about restoring a sinning brother in Matthew 18. In verses 15 to 17, Jesus explains the process of restoring them. This is not punishment or vengeance, but again with a desire to set them on the right path, to restore them. He says that you should go yourself first and reprove them in private. Give that time to percolate and the truth to settle in their mind and heart. If that doesn't work, take one or two with you that are familiar with the issues and desire to see them restored. Not everyone, but a few choice friends of theirs. Limit it to a few few that are wise so that you're not gossiping. Sharing your concerns with and asking for their counsel and involvement is not gossip. The danger comes when you share it with people that are not part of the restoring process. If your spouse claims to be a believer and you're part of a church, there is more that you should do, according to Matthew 18. If they don't respond, go to the elders and enlist their help. Have the leadership praying for your marriage and for reconciliation. They may need to get involved in the process of trying to restore your spouse. Some should try to meet with him to encourage and challenge them to get right with the Lord. And there's one more thing. This is not a side note or a minor add-on to this process of addressing issues with your spouse. This is not something you do if you find that you have some time. You need to be steeped in prayer. If you believe that it's primarily God's work to restore your wayward spouse, you need to be committed to prayer. How often in the Gospels do you see people that struggle with some infirmity or spiritual oppression that are healed when they are brought to Jesus. We see in the Gospels examples such as the woman who had been bleeding for 12 years coming to Jesus. She knew that Jesus was the only answer as she had tried many other doctors. She realized that the issue was beyond any human ability, so she came to Jesus. You need to have the same attitude. Another good example is the friends that brought the lame man on the pallet before Jesus to be healed. 
They cared for him and wanted him to be healed. So they did everything they could to bring him before Jesus. That's the heart attitude you should have for your spouse. You need to bring them before Jesus for Jesus to heal them in the relationship. In James chapter 5, James encourages the believers to pray, no matter what the circumstances, to come before the Lord in verses 13 and 14. And then he encourages them in verse 15 by saying, And the prayer of faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The prayer of faith, believing and trusting that God, that God will answer because he's a loving God. That kind of prayer has great power according to verse 16. James uses the example of Elijah who was a man just like us and yet he prayed fervently that it would not rain and it didn't. When you consider your spouse that is wayward, you need to speak the truth in love, but you need to be there in prayer, believing that God will work in the situation and rescue them. Paul writes in Romans 10 verse 1 regarding Israel, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. It may be that your spouse is not saved, or maybe they are carnal, but it is clear that Paul's love for the Israelites gave him a deep concern that led him to prayer. And now for your homework, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to begin to pray about speaking the truth and love to your spouse. Make sure that you're walking in the Spirit and look for those opportunities to speak God's Word into their life. But don't forget about the need to pray for them fervently and consistently. Well, let me pray right now. Father, I just thank you for this time again in this episode and this whole series, God. There are couples out there that may be listening or know of somebody uh, that is a couple that's struggling, God. And I pray that you would give them the leading of your spirit to know when and how and the truth from your word to speak with gentleness and consistency and firmness, Father. And Lord, we look to you to make the changes in the heart that are needed. Father, we thank you that your Holy Spirit's at work and he will convict and help them to understand. And Lord, we pray that they would change and the relationship would be restored. And we ask for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's this it for this episode and for the series. We hope that you have been encouraged to move forward in your relationship with your spouse and to try to facilitate reconciliation. Hopefully, if you know somebody who's in a struggling marriage, you have some ideas of how to minister and encourage them. We'd love to hear from you. Please email us at marriedbydesign01 at gmail.com if you have any ideas or suggestions. Now, next week in our podcast, we're going to begin a new series entitled The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. It's a series all about looking at examples of couples in the Bible and the things that we can learn from them. That's what we'll begin looking at next time on Married by Design. Mm -hmm.